WHMP. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and I know uh, you're you're looking forward to hearing Buzz's voice, but this is Ruth Griggs, and I'm going to be um, sitting in for him today while he enjoys a little bit of well-deserved vacation. Uh, we're going to have a couple of um, couple of three guests today, actually, between now and the five o'clock hour on the Take Five show, um, which Buzz very nicely has me host. Um, along with my compadre, Bruce, every Thursday afternoon. Um, my guest this, this afternoon is somebody that I have known for a long, long time, um, mm. a, a fellow musician and uh, vocalist and um, a thespian, and actually a high school classmate of mine from Northampton High School, Jeff Olmsted. Welcome, Jeff. Class of 72. Yes. So um, Ruth and I were, uh, don't do the math. Ruth and I were, uh, you know, theater, we were theater kids together a long, long time ago, Northampton High School. And both moved back here, having spent most of our uh, adult lives in other places, but uh, now happily landed back in Happy Valley. That's right. That's right. And the thing that's so interesting about uh, Jeff and I both moving back to the Happy Valley, I, I came back about 11 years ago from New York, and he came back 12 years ago from New York, New Jersey, is that um, we, we both are very much involved in each other's musical lives, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Jeff has... Um, done so much here in the Valley since he moved back um, as, a, as a musician, as a choral director, as a um, composer, as an arranger. Uh, and I work a lot with Jeff now with Valley Jazz Voices, which, as some of you may know, is a approximately 30-piece, 30, 30-member 30 um, uh, alto, soprano, tenor, bass, um, jazz vocal ensemble. Uh, that Jeff directs, and boy, do we have a good time. So, uh, Jeff, I wanted to just uh, chat a little bit with you, first starting um, with Valley Jazz Voices, and um, let's tell our listeners about this group and why they may want to join us or come to a concert or two. Okay. Well, uh, I am looking at uh, a list of songs here going back to 2016 so it looks like we're coming up on uh that would be six years anyway so um that is uh, a lot of songs and um we are a non-audition group um there's a certain amount of self-selection that goes on because the uh, music that we sing is not very easy um uh we do what we can to support people uh in learning uh, fairly somewhat challenging uh, arrangements of uh, mostly jazz standards. So a lot of tunes that you will know um, if you're a jazz person. And um, uh, we look around for interesting arrangements. Uh, I make some of our arrangements, uh, and most of them we um, uh, purchase. So let's see, what else could I say about it? Um, York absolutely correct that it is really fun um and um we support people in learning the parts with uh recordings so if you're singing uh alto as ruth does you get a recording that features you know the alto part way out front so that uh folks are able to um 
learn by listening if you know you're not the greatest uh reader so everybody's going to have music in front of them and some people will insist that they don't read music and i say well left to right and uh, up is higher and down is lower and so actually you do read music um and uh you know you'll you'll get better at it the same way you know we don't start by reading shakespeare we read a bunch of other stuff first yeah it really is the most incredibly supportive environment i think for singers um what i just love seeing is you know the fact that we have you know new singers coming in every every season we have a fall season and a and a spring season and they they get support from fellow singers they get support by listening to these pre-recorded songs where they can you know really follow along um they have you know the music as well as Jeff's instruction and it's um it you know choral music and singing has has really gotten to be quite the thing these days and of course during the pandemic we were completely shut down from singing in person but with with Jeff's ability to adapt and pivot we had online um rehearsals like every week and Jeff can you talk a little bit about the process that you went through to uh, record choral um, singing uh, for online sure. presentation? Yeah. I, I think a lot of, uh, uh, you know, music directors became uh, video editors uh, in the last couple of years, and that's in order to create um, uh, what are called virtual choirs. And uh, you've probably seen them uh, on, uh, you know, online. It's where you have boxes with a bunch of faces, and people are singing together, and um what is not completely obvious is that these folks are all actually singing by themselves with headphones on uh, to recordings, which are then knit together um, in, uh, you know, audio and video to create um, a virtual choir projects. So we did a handful of those over the, um, you know, I guess it was almost two whole years that we didn't rehearse at all in person. Then we briefly got together last fall, uh, well, not briefly, really all the way up until uh, early in December, we were getting ready to perform on first night. So we usually have, uh, we're usually gearing up for a performance uh, on first night and a couple of others toward the end of the year. And then we have like a spring, uh, I I still think of it as a semester. We have a spring semester um, uh, with a concert uh, or a couple of concerts um, at the end. And one of the things we also do is we don't, we, we, ha- we certainly have concerts open to the general public. We had a great concert this spring at the Blue Room in East Hampton, which is part of City Space. We love that space, really good acoustics for a group our size. Um, but we also do. Yeah, we, we like that. We like that room even when it was dingy. <laughs> and, and now, and now that it's been painted and, uh, you know, spruced up, it's, um, it's, it, it's awesome. Go to yeah. the blue room. Uh, but one of the things that we also love to do is to do, um, you know, complimentary concerts uh, at the retirement communities in the area. And those are some of my favorite concerts because, um, A, we get to, you know, kind of sing before, you know, in front of a live audience before we do, you know, a public show. And number two, the, the members of those communities are so appreciative of what they're singing. They literally sing along because we are singing the jazz standards that were like, you know, 
top top you know top 50 on the radio when they were growing up and they are so appreciative and it just always warms my heart to see them respond to yep. jazz also i mean it's it's uh it's just a real pleasure to to well uh, to witness that with with some of the older folks another thing that the group does uh sometimes in public and sometimes just for each other is uh sing you know just for the audience of the rest of the group we have uh you know, uh, open mic in public sometimes. And uh, when we were, when everybody was Zooming, we had a couple of open mics uh, online where people just get on Zoom. And even with all the uh, compromised sound that usually goes with uh, Zoom, people were, um, you know, still interested in uh, performing and, you know, watching other people uh, perform in these technically challenged um, circumstances. So, knock on wood, we will be back uh, in person uh, in September. You know, through through the end of the year. Um, yeah, we have. And um, again, we we just applied for first night. The first night applications just you know the the they just opened the you know applications, and we've been um, we, we've had a prime time slot for the last couple of years, so. Fingers crossed, we'll have that again. Yeah, it's um, before we have to close for for a little bit of a break um, and bring on our next guest. I just wanted to um, just tell you again that we're speaking with Jeff Olmsted, who is the director of Valley Jazz Voices, which is a um, four part uh, male female harmony jazz vocal ensemble that's based out of Northampton. Uh, we, we rehearse in Northampton. Our rehearsal location is, is um, not completely finalized yet, but it will be locally here. And we plan to start up our, our weekly uh, rehearsals on um, Monday nights uh, at, um, in the middle of September. And you can learn all about Valley Jazz Voices at valleyjazzvoices.org. That's valleyjazzvoices.org for everything you need to know about the group. Um, and and you, can, you can also go to YouTube and see the virtual choir pieces that I've just been talking about. Today I, I was actually working on, I made an arrangement of what is this thing called Love. Um, it's a famous Cole Porter song. Uh, and that's one of the pieces that we recorded, you know, during the worst of the pandemic. And now we're getting it ready for uh, live. But um, we have, uh, I don't know, five or six um, uh, virtual choir pieces that are on including, our YouTube channel. Including one uh, where we sang with Grammy Award-nominated uh, vocalist Karen Allison, uh, we, yep. we've done concerts with her twice. One, the latest was virtual, and we um, we sang with her some of that sunshine, which is her original piece that she wrote. And Jeff Olmsted arranged um, the vocal parts for Valley Jazz Voices to back her up, and that was a ton of fun. So that's one in particular that would be really fun for you all to to take a look at if you see it online just go to youtube.com uh, and uh, just if you just l search for valley jazz voices it'll come up with some of yep. that sunshine so thank you jeff yep, i really really appreciate you um being our guest today and thanks for all you do musically in the valley um jeff also has two other vocal ensembles that he directs as well as being the 
um, involved with the, the choir here at First Churches, and um, he's got his fingers in a lot of beautiful things. So thank you again, Jeff. <laughs> My pleasure, Ruth. Thanks for, um, thanks for inviting me. Okay. See you around. Bye-bye. See you around. We'll, we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back with our next guest, who's Neil Robinson. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Hey, everyone, it's Gordon Oliver. And I'm Tina Marie. And we're popping in to get everyone excited about this week's The Cambridge Connection radio show. Ooh, can't wait to hear who we're speaking with next. And before we share this week's guests, I want to remind everyone that we're here on WHMP every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. to help you, our listeners, navigate life's options, especially when it comes to financial wellness and empowerment. Let's not forget about all the success stories, too. Okay, Tina Marie, you ready? Ready. Listen in this Saturday to learn more about Upsolve, a free online bankruptcy filing tool, because bankruptcy is a big decision. Martha Graham, Mum and Chance, Blind Boys, Cherish the Ladies, Peking Acrobats, Ukraine Philharmonic, Nikki, and Stomp, all on their way to the UMass Fine Arts Center. Mum and Chance in their 50th year, Cherish the Ladies, A Celtic Christmas, the Martha Graham Dance Company with the lost Graham masterwork, Canticle for Innocent Comedians. Snarky Puppy unleashes their ferocious improvisation. Nikki shines a ray of pop sunshine. And Gina Chavez blends the sound of the Americas with tension and grace. Dance, classical, jazz, theater, plus performances you just can't categorize. Stomp arrives for three performances. Head-turning trumpeter Sean Jones leads his quartet on stage, plus visits the UMass High School Jazz Festival. Plan now for a season of uplifting arts performances. Go to the UMass Fine Arts Center website for the full calendar and tickets. Is there corn chowder today? There are things they only make certain times of year at Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant. And with the corn so tall, there might be corn chowder today. There might be blueberry pie. The kitchen garden farm in Sunderland might arrive at Paul and Elizabeth's today with eggplant or zucchini. What'll they make with those? Eating at Paul and Elizabeth's isn't exactly like eating out of your own garden, but it's close. Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant, inside Thorns in Northampton. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, Take 5 this afternoon, and I'm so excited to have Neil Robinson with us this afternoon. We're going to talk with him for a few minutes about Race Street Live. Um, He's a partner um, at Race Street Live, which is down in Holyoke, and we're just going to start, Neil, by saying, like, to, to, you know, what is Race Street Live? And tell us about the evolution of it. That's one of the, the key questions. Okay. Uh, Race Street Live is a um, kind of a, a production company, and we lease space at Gateway City Arts. The, um, the, um, the, the kind of the bigger room in, at Gateway City Arts. And it evolved through... Um, my association with uh, John Sanders from Dance Malls Productions. John and I had worked together at the Iron Horse for years. And um, during the pandemic, um, I was involved in a, a um, 
and another venture which was close to um, which was close to Gateway City Arts at the time. And John called me uh, because it looked like Gateway City Arts was going to close. And he had been uh, using it as a venue for Dance Malls Productions to do uh, shows. I, it, it's a kind of a, un, not like a unique room, but it holds 500 people. And there's not a lot of rooms that have all the things that Gateway Seat Arts had. And he had been developing that room for a while and didn't want to lose it. So he approached me uh, to partner with him and Dan Smalls to create an entity called Ray Street Live, which would then lease the space from Gateway City Arts to do shows. And um, that was in the summer of 21. So we did our first show, which was Japanese Breakfast, in August of last year. And we've been rolling ever since. That's fantastic. So again, Gateway City Arts was, I noticed, uh, has recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. So if you're any, anyone like me, you've, you've been down there either to perform in a show or to attend a show. And it was, it's been wonderful what VTech and Lori have done to bring that, 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 that old industrial space, which was a uh, button factory or something. It was a, it was a uh, paper factory. A paper factory, like but, so many other brick buildings in Holyoke. But it's a great room. And, you know, they brought it back to be multi-performance space as well as, you know, restaurant, et cetera. And I know when I got that email from VTech that it was closing, my heart just just sank because it, it was the, the, the model that they created there with the, the entertainment and the dining and the visual arts all, stages all of all different sizes was fabulous. And so I just want to say thank you, Neil, for saying yes to John oh. and to to creating this new partnership, oh. um, which has helped breathe life into that space and to ensure that, that VTech and Lori are able to continue on their mission, right? Oh, yeah. They're, 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 we're happy to do it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, we, unfortunately, with the COVID... The the touring environment is 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 very different than it was, uh, you know, in 2019. Um, we had planned on doing a series of block parties outside, um, which would have we would have built a stage on Ray Street and uh, blocked off between uh, Dwight and Appleton and built a stage and uh, did a series and would have done a series of outdoor concerts. But as you can imagine, that kind of thing takes planning. You really have to start doing planning for that about six months in advance. And so our first show was supposed to be in the summer. But if you think back what was happening last January, you can see how trying to plan for something would be problematic. And um, we recently had to reschedule the the outdoor show in the fall because of a similar situation. One of the bands had a, had their album release pushed and we just couldn't find someone else to, to fill this, the anchor spot. So 
Uh, looks like we'll we're still doing the shows, but we'll just do them as regular Ray Street live shows. Um, that's going to be September. Uh, shameless plug: September twenty third through the twenty fourth. We have uh, Shaky Graves. We have uh, Guided by Voices. Do really great bands as well as a bunch of other stuff. Uh, RayStreetLive.com website. All right, sorry, I had to. Oh yeah, take that the, in there. the 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 number of bands that that you all put through there is phenomenal. And oh, it's fun. I know. I went down. I went down to to um, to see Bill Frizzell there. Oh, yeah. and and I love him. So it's everything from it's fantastic. You know, jazz for... greats like mm-hmm. Bill Frizzell to the latest, you know, you know, hip hop bands that you want to hear, and you everything do. in between. Oh yeah, and that's um one of the things that um, we were committed to do is try to represent all genres of music in that space. Um, we're still looking to partner with with other promoters and producers. We're always looking to do, um, you know, Latin, world music, Celtic, as well as uh, pop, rock, uh, hip hop, R and B, jazz. It's it's a uh, one thing that we learned working at the Iron Horse is that trying to, I mean, you can create an identity as a certain kind of club, as a, as a heavy metal club or as a uh, club that does hip-hop or comedy or things like that. Um, but in this particular venue, we felt that we wanted to have as serve as many different kinds of people as, as possible to, to bring as many audiences down as possible. Because as you said, Gateway City Arts is, has so much to offer in terms of food, visual arts, all these, all these things, and it. I, I think all, all different kind of people can, should come down and enjoy it. So that's part of what we're trying to do. So Neil, um, I know you've mentioned a couple times about your history and and John's history at um, at Iron Horse. Mm-hmm. Are you able to say anything about what's going on with Iron Horse? I know that. Um, you know, I have I have musician friends who were going to play there, and they got canceled this oh last spring, and um, that happened a couple for a couple of rounds. So, you know, before we have to close up here in a couple of minutes, can you help us understand what's going on at Iron Horse? Well, I'll say this: um, the running the Iron Horse is, is is a complicated endeavor. It takes there's a lot of moving parts, and it takes a lot of people. And during the 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 COVID obviously, um, it was difficult to keep that team together. I had already um, moved on uh, from my position there by the time COVID happened, so I, I'm not privy to exactly what happened. But it's not hard to imagine the difficulty of trying to keep a team of people together uh, for a year just kind of waiting in the wings to, to come back and, and do what they were doing. So, and of course, if, if you recall, you know, how, you know, the confusing kinds of, you know, you can open for these kinds of things and not these kinds of things. And if you add on to that, the difficulty in booking and scheduling uh, with, uh, with, the, with the COVID, you can see how it would be difficult to put a team together to, to make the Iron Horse go again, I think they've been doing it at doing shows at the Calvin 
which is a little bit of an easier venue to run. I mean, it's not ideal, you know, you, if you're, you know, you don't want to be doing an intimate show in a cavernous space, obviously. So um, I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding the right people, putting the team back together. And it, it could happen again. I'm, I, I really hope it does. It's a very special room. I spent a lot of great years there, seen a lot of great shows. And, and I really, really hope that it comes back. Well, thank you for that little bit of perspective, because it's been on many people's minds here in Northampton. But Neil Robinson, who's a partner at Race Street Live, which is down on Race Street in Holyoke, the performance location holding 500 people or 250 in seats, food, beverage, drinks, indoor, outdoor venues. You got to check it out, racestreetlive.com, if you haven't already. Thanks again, Neil, for being here. Thank you, Rick. And uh, really, really best of luck to you Thank and you. your partners. Hope to see you okay. soon. Thanks very much. We're going to st- uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back with our next guest. This Neil. is the Afternoon Thanks. Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It be so nice to come home to. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Wilbraham police are investigating a serious car accident on Munson Road this morning. Munson Road was closed near the intersection of Glendale Road for several hours. A dump truck was involved in the crash, but no word on any injuries. No other information on the accident has been made available at this time. It's been four months since South Hadley Superintendent Jamal Mosley disappeared from the district and was put on paid leave. The Daily Hampshire Gazette is reporting there could be possible litigation coming for the district after they reviewed a large volume of documents pertaining to Mosley that were requested by an employment lawyer. In recent months, the school committee has met twice in closed-door sessions to discuss strategy with respect to litigation. The formation of a new super PAC to support Salem Mayor Kim Driscoll's campaign for lieutenant governor is drawing condemnation from Senator Eric Lesser, one of Driscoll's main rivals. The leadership for Mass Super PAC filed paperwork yesterday to get involved in the three-way primary with just seven weeks until Election Day. Super PACs can accept unlimited donations but are prohibited from coordinating directly with a campaign. And a new dog park in Amherst will be opening next week. A ribbon-cutting ceremony is planned for July 27th at 10 a.m. on Old Belchertown Road. Money to build the park came from the Stanton Foundation, Municipal Community Preservation Act Bank, and private fundraising. The facility is located on municipal land that is part of the Old Belchertown Road landfill site. Scattered showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Keep an eye on the radar. Some of these could be strong to severe. Hot and humid, a high of 92 to 96. An evening shower or storm possible, then clearing and breezy overnight, low 62 to 68. For tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, less humid, breezy, a high of 90 to 94. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis on 101.5 WHMP. Will Massachusetts be able to protect the right to abortion given the Supreme Court's renunciation of that right for residents, for out-of-state individuals seeking medical treatment here? Join us when we speak with State Representative Mindy Dom. Plus, your state you with Max Page and Art B with Donna Belcasis. All this beginning Friday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. 
right in your town, maybe even in your neighborhood, an immigrant is building a new life, trying to find their way, all while learning a new language. The International Language Institute offers free English classes for immigrants and refugees, for true beginners and others, like students in our Bridge to College and Careers program. One of the nation's top language schools is right here, with free English classes for immigrants and refugees. The International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. We are talking random whites. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. This is from a company called La Perre, Gros Monsang. Gros, apparently, when you see it written, it looks like you're drinking something called Gros Monsang. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Gros. In the past, has mostly been relegated to bulk wine or distilling grapes for brandy. Petit Monsang, which I think means like little guy, and Gros Monsang means big guy. It almost has like a dessert wine feel to it. It's susceptible to botrytis, so they do make sweet wines. This tastes like it almost might have that, which is like... It's essentially, they call it Noble yeah, Rock, it, which is my next yeah, band name. So Don't grapes, steal it. We, we, so mentioned, we mentioned it was a brandy grape, and this wine does taste like a brandy. Yeah. Drink this before dinner. Maybe drink it after Because it's a brandy-ish kind of feel yeah, to it. This yeah, is a unique It's one. very different. 1899. It is organic grapes and certified organic. What's the name of this one again? La Perre. Find your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMD. Good afternoon again. It's Ruth Griggs here with Take 5 and uh, my third guest of, of the afternoon. It's, it's been a wild and fun ride. Um, I have here today uh, Ben Malinowski, who is um, a rising sophomore at the Hart School of Music, a Northampton High School grad class of 21, a Florence resident, and a a wicked tenor sax player. And the reason why I have him on the show this afternoon is I really want to have you all understand what he's doing up at Bombix in Florence, and just why not hear from a great new rising uh, jazz player. So welcome, Ben. Uh, Thank you for having me. So... um, so Ben, um, tell tell us a little bit about what you're doing up at Bombix these days. Um, so back in May, we started doing these sessions about twice a month. We'll say every other week, but twice a month. Um, they're just shows for about an hour, and then jam sessions afterwards for about two hours. Um, and it started back when I I got in contact with Bombix over the winter break, just because. There was nowhere really to play in the area. Things were still kind of reopening. Things were still kind of shut down. And so I got in contact with Bombix just to have like a small jam session with a few friends just so we could play a bit. And um, so we got together. I was able to hook something up. And after that, I got in contact with them about holding things throughout the summer. And from there, it's just become kind of a thing of I invite some friends out to play. We play for people. Some people can come play a few tunes, jam out, have a fun time, and no sweat, you know. That's a that's great, and how nice that you had Bombix there that was able to welcome you in and give you a place to, to play. Yeah, no, they've been great this entire time. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So what was your inspiration for, for doing this? Like, where did you get the idea that you wanted to do a jam and invite your friends, et cetera, et cetera? Well, throughout the year at the school, I was going to jam sessions in Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport, just 
everywhere in Connecticut that I could really go to. Um, and so I figured over the summer, there's not a whole lot going on in the Valley. I wanted to kind of bring something into the Valley, something of my own that I could kind of add to the community. And uh, the Green Street Trio moved from Northampton to Amherst uh, after they moved over into the Drake. So I figured why not start something back up in this side of the river and uh, get things going. So they were a little, the Northampton Jazz Workshop was a bit of an inspiration to the model that you have put in place. Yeah, I went to a few of their jam sessions when I was in high school. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed their stuff. And so I kind of took what they kind of set up and took what I had in Connecticut and trying to meld it and bring it here. That's fantastic. That's, that's awesome. I, that's a, that's a great story. So, so you're, you're a uh, sophomore at Heart School of Music, um, and you're focusing on tenor sax. Yeah. Uh, I'm a jazz performance major with a tenor sax focus. And, and are there any particular professors that you have really enjoyed working with, um, that you want to give a shout out to and talk a little bit about? Yeah. My, uh, private professor teacher is, a actually director of the program, Javon Jackson. And uh, I was also in Steve Davis's uh, combo ensemble throughout this, uh, both semesters. So that was a blast having both of them. And uh, I got to learn so much from them. You know, They're both ex-jazz messengers and they've both been around the scene for so long and they have a lot of wisdom to share and really helped me and guided me throughout the year. I didn't know that Steve D Davis was a jazz messenger. Yeah, um, he was one of the last, I believe, before wow. Bergie died, unfortunately. Oh, that's incredible. I never knew that about him. Mm -hmm. um, he's playing tomorrow night, I think, as the culmination yeah. of this year's Jazz in July down at the Amherst Town Common, I think, starting at 6 o'clock. I know because I really want to <laughs> be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Good. I'll, I'll see you there. Um, yeah, so uh, Jazz in July, did you uh, overlap with them, too, at some point in your career? Never really with Steve, but I did do Jazz in July, what was it, in the year 2020, I believe, um, or 2021, whenever they did it virtually. And uh, that was a great experience, just working with all these different people, getting to see people somewhat <laughs> over a computer and just kind of figuring it all out because I was still somewhat new to the whole world, you know. How did that work, like doing jazz in July virtually? That's Were you like playing your sax in your bedroom? or? Yeah, pretty much. It was playing my sax in my bedroom to my laptop and uh, just sitting through master classes, listening, and I was just enjoying whatever I could. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I had David Peachy on mm -hmm. uh, last week on the show, and uh, it's 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 been quite a ride for them, I think, you know, yeah. figuring out how to bring it back uh, virtually. So, you know, one of the things that I was wondering about with your um, setting up this whole jam session at Bombix this summer, are you, you know, being a music major at heart, are you getting any credit for this? Because this is, this is a pretty cool deal that you're doing this at Bombix. No, no credit. I mean, I just kind of wanted to do it to give others some sort of, either experience or welcome other people in to these kinds of venues and sessions that they might not have the opportunity to or may not have had the opportunity to. Um, and so I wanted to kind of give that back to the community. Has it been working as you anticipated? You know, some days are better than others, um, but the turnout's been good. And 
it's been pretty steady, but it's the first year, so. Now, do you have folks coming in from, like, the neighborhood, or is it mostly, like, students your age that you know through the high school and through Hart, or who, it, who attends? It's been a good mix. Um, a lot of people come in from the area to watch or listen just because they either know me or they saw the ads on something. And then a lot of the musicians, the musicians I play with, a lot of them come from Connecticut, like they come from the Hart School or uh, Central Connecticut State. I've had a, some from UMass and um, one of my drummers is coming up from Manhattan School of Music. So. That's fantastic. Good for you. Um, so when you, when you think about what you're playing now, and by the way, as you know, I have heard you play and you really have a great tone. You have a great tone and you have a great stage presence. And, you know, for a sophomore, I I think, you know, you've got a real future ahead of you. You have a certain confidence when you're on stage. That's so important, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So what what do you hope to do with music? Do you have any any plans or thoughts on that at this point, Ben? That's always the question, isn't it? Um, Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just trying to play as much as I can, uh, hoping to record stuff at some point. But, yeah, right now I'm just kind of focusing on building myself up, just kind of getting things under my fingers and just seeing where I go from there. But So we're going we're gonna to take a break in just a few minutes, but I wanted to um, just start on, like, are there any particular musicians that you feel have have influenced you most? I mean, whether it's, you know, in the past couple of years, or even when you were in high school, or there, you know, who are the musicians that you really have loved in your in your lifetime? I think as a tenor sax player, it'd be illegal to say I don't like John Coltrane. <laughs> uh, so he's probably been my biggest influence. Um, I I just remember putting on Blue Train in high school, and then falling in love with that record, and then going down the rabbit hole, and then I found other players through him such as like Hank Mobley, Dexter Gordon, Lester Young, all these other great musicians and they're the ones I've really focused on a lot recently and been taking inspiration from. Mm -hmm. And you said at some point to me that you started, was it classic in, in classical training? Yeah so from middle school into high school I was a classical trumpet player. I uh I did um districts western mass districts i got into orchestras i think third seat but uh yeah i was primarily focused on classical trumpet and then my sophomore year i was playing tenor sax in the pit for the greece musical at northampton high school and that's when i kind of restarted playing saxophone because i had taken lessons in middle school but i was never completely serious about it but once i started doing that in high school i started kind of actually playing and then about midway through junior year senior year I was like yeah this was what I'm gonna do wow that's that's great all right well we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back to talk more about Ben Malinowski and his wonderful uh, experiences with music be right back this is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 101.5 WHMP when it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control. 
uh, by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, and 12.40. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. This weekend, the Co-Festival opens its 31st and final season with a collaboration spanning Knoxville, Tennessee and Putney, Vermont. It's Linda Paris-Bailey and Sandglass Theater's Flushing, Make Room for Someone Else, a new show that deals with issues of race, legacy, and identity. After years of knowing each other as theater colleagues, Linda and Eric discover they both grew up only a few miles apart in Flushing, Queens. Though their life paths took them in different directions, they once again find themselves in a similar place in the process of handing their theater companies to a younger generation and facing the brink of retirement. Told with live performers, live music, and puppets, it's this weekend in our new home on the Hampshire College campus. And don't forget our other show this weekend, the CoFest Story Slam, Sunday at 8. Interested? Visit CoFest.com. That's K-O-F-E-S-T dot com. The CoFestival, where the only certainty is surprise. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. All that and the best selection, the most pre-owned vehicles you'll find anywhere in Franklin County and beyond. Over 100 to choose from, including five Honda Civics in stock, five HRVs, five CRVs, and over over 20 half and three quarter ton pickup trucks in stock and ready to roll. Lundgren Honda is constantly loading up on inventory, so experience it. The best selection of new and used vehicles in the tri-state region for the best price you'll find anywhere. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. As the weather gets warmer, I know many of you are thinking about your summer workout schedule. And if you're like me, it's all about finding work, life, and workout balance, which is why when you sign up at Fitness Together, you'll put a schedule together with your personal trainer that actually works for you, is stress-free, and will help you stay fit, healthy, and balanced. Visit us online today at fitnesstogether.com, Amherst, or Northampton, and sign up for your free consultation. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Grab your coat and get your hand. Good afternoon again. Keep We're back uh, on Take 5 on this very warm uh, Thursday afternoon here in Northampton. And my guest is Ben Malinowski, who is a, a tenor sax player, a student at the Hart School of Music, rising sophomore, and a proud graduate of Northampton High School and, and Florence residence. So we're really, really nice to have you in the studio with us this afternoon. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we, we actually, uh, we, we kind of wanted to learn a little more about the Hart School. Um, I know, as you mentioned before, the Northampton Jazz Workshop has had um, students coming up from the Hart School for its jam sessions, you know, yeah. over the years. And tell us a little bit more about the Hart School in Hartford. I'd like to know more about it. Um, so the Hart Schools, uh, within the University of Hartford, I think there's seven different colleges within the actual university. And then within the Hart School, we have a music, dance, and theater divisions um, just separated throughout. 
And so the music division is separated between the Jackie McLean Institute, jazz, classical, and then commercial. Um, and so I'm within the Jackie McLean Institute, and that was founded back, I don't even remember at this point, but uh, yeah, so I've been there since last August, and I've been having a blast since I've been there. When you say having a blast, <laughs> can you translate that for a little, a little older audience for <laughs> um, more detail? I mean, I'm doing music as my major. I pretty much have music classes every day. Uh, I'm playing almost every day, if not every day, with people or not with people. Um, and yeah, um, there's no, there's nothing I can really complain about. It's I'm surrounding myself with what I love, and it's turning kind of a passion into school, which it, it's just kind of it's fun, you know. Yeah. Ruth, you mind if I ask a question? Go uh, ahead. What, did something attract you to this school specifically? Was there somebody there that you wanted to play with, or was it? Um, I actually heard about the Hart School through a friend of mine who was there for commercial, or not commercial, for music production. And um, I didn't really know much about the school. I didn't know a whole lot about the professors there at first. And uh, I toured the school after I got accepted, and I just kind of felt this this seems right. You know, it felt the most comfortable. I got into UMass Amherst uh, and the new school, but it it wasn't it didn't feel like the right fit. You know, you were talking a little bit about um, Steve Davis and and being in in one of his combos. Um, he's he's a no question, my favorite trombone player. And he's become one of the favorite trombone players of the entire world at the yeah. rate he's going. It's very impressive to see who he's playing with and where he's playing around the world. But so when you, when you, when you, you know, recall learning with him, both in jazz in July, as well as in the combo at heart, what are, what are some of the things that stands out for you with what Steve Davis does as a, as a, as a teacher? You know, it's, He's very personal. It's we're in the same room. He's throwing lines at us. We're playing them back. We're just kind of playing the music. I've never seen a person give harmonies out so quickly for backgrounds or just for an arrangement. And so it's just been kind of a fun kind of melting pot of music arrangement, just showmanship, playing everything. Uh, you said how kind of confident I am. In Plan, but I mean, when I started, I was just kind of the one sitting on the side, like, uh, what do I play? And then he kind of really told me, like, yeah, just stand up front, say say what you got to say, and then back out. <laughs> and I, I take that to heart this day, to this day. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you obviously were doing music when you were at the high school. Um, were you there when Paul Kinsman was the was the band director? Yeah, so my freshman year, Deborah Kuhn was there as the band director. We played at Carnegie Hall that year, and it was an incredible experience. And then that year she retired, and then Paul Kinsman came in my sophomore year. And and what did you do with Paul? I mean, I know we are, interact with him quite a bit with the Northampton Jazz Festival because he yeah. kind of leads this the Jazz Artists in the Schools program, which we have there, yeah. and he's been wonderful, and it seems like the students are really really high on what he does. Um, what was your experience with Paul? 
he was great. I mean, he reintroduced kind of a f- proper jazz band into the school. With Deb, we kind of did sort of a after-school improv kind of jazz thing where we would just play some tunes, just blow over some tunes. Um, but then Paul really started like a jazz band for the years that I was there. Um, I'm not sure it continued after um, COVID and the lockdown and stuff just because it was hard getting everyone to be in a room and play together. But uh, while I was there, we were doing the jazz band stuff on every Monday night, I believe it was. And it was, it was great. Um, it was a good opportunity for people to play. He would bring some guests in to play with us. Sometimes it wouldn't even be the full band and we would just kind of hit combo or something. But yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, did did you were you did you ever participate when Gary Simoleon came in as a guest um, Barry player with the students and um, who else was there? Camille Thurman was there and uh, uh, let's see, Don Braden was there. You may have you that may have been. I maybe you know what I I do. We have two jazz in the schools program. One is at the high school and one is over at JFK, JFK yeah. with Claire and Williams. And I may be kind of conflating the two because there are two. Yeah. But Every time they've had like a guest come in, I had missed it because I either had rehearsals for something else or I, did, I was a sick or something. And okay. yeah. And at that time, I still wasn't like huge into jazz. I was still focusing on the classical like trumpet stuff. And uh, I was playing Barry. <laughs> in the jazz band at that time. So I was kind of all over the place in high school. I remember seeing you play Barry at like the Florence, um, uh, the Florence Walk, the Florence Florence Night Night Out. Out. You were playing Barry up in the parking lot with your buds. And yeah, so that's why... That's why I said, you know, are you just a tenor player hmm. at this point? Because I do remember you playing Barry. And what about trumpet? I mean, you have you just kind of walked away from that on Pretor? Yeah, I don't play it as much as I wish I did uh, just because I have to focus on saxophone so much for school and just for myself. Um, but I pick it up every once in a while, just blow for a bit just to keep it there. But yeah, not as much as I wish, but I still try. You know, the fact that you can do do both is really important. I know uh, I was interviewing John Jorgensen, who's a world-class, you know, multi-Grammy award-winning guitarist uh, recently. And he has indicated he just can play so many instruments and so many genres and you know he's 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 not your age anymore um and it it just makes me realize how um you know the more you are the longer you're a musician chances are pretty good the more instruments you're going to be able to play if you want to so it's um it's it's an exciting world out there it's it's absolutely limitless i'm a vocalist as you probably know and I just find when I dig into the music, it just, it literally is infinite. Yeah, and you find different instruments have different voices and all that. I mean, I've played along with trumpet, along with tenor and Barry. I also played, I started on alto sax, and then I also been picking soprano back up recently. But you find that each one has a different voice. Each one plays different. And so you kind of have to find the setting for it or how it blends, but it's all... It's all music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I remember hearing once that musicians that play tenors, tenor sax tend to also play soprano sax, and, and musicians who play alto sax tend to play um, barry sax. Do you do you agree with that, or do you feel like nah, it's not really that cut and dry? I think it's common just because 
the tenor and the soprano are in the same key of B flat and then alto and baritone are in E flat. So it's easier to kind of just switch because you might have the memory and uh, muscle memory still there of different tunes and you're really just blocking it down like an octave. You still have to learn the instrument itself, but it's an, it's an easier learning curve. But I mean, I know people who play both tenor and alto. I know people who play soprano and berry. I know just people who play everything like, yeah. 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 Well, I have a feeling you're going to go in that direction. So thanks. Thanks again, Ben. And uh, we'll we'll see you on stage sooner than later, I'm sure. And congratulations again. If you want to go to the open mic um, and jam at the Bombix Center for Arts and Equity on Pine Street in Florence, go on Thursday, the 28th. They perform at 7 o'clock at the, the social hall, which is to the right of the main sanctuary. So it's this coming Thursday, the 28th, at 7 o'clock for Ben Malinowski and friends um, with the Jazz Jam at Bombix. Thanks again, and have a good afternoon, everybody. Happy talk, keep talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Do you love fishing, swimming, or boating, but hate the trash you find? Do you want to help protect clean water and wildlife? Whether you live near the Deerfield River, Millers, Westfield, Chicopee, or Connecticut, your local river needs you. Join the Connecticut River Conservancy and help us protect our rivers. Our rivers belong to all of us, and each of us has a responsibility. Together, we can make a difference. Learn more about what you can do at ctriver.org. Looking to take a little breather from the news? We don't blame you. Why don't you turn the dial over to our pure oldie station, 96.9. The only live and local talk in the valley and for the valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.